morning, John 15, 1 to 11. I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself, unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I in him, he it is, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me, and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me and my word abides in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. All right. Thank you, Christina. My name is Brian, and uh, glad that you're with us today. Excited to uh, have our first of our Base Camp series. So, Base Camp. Getting ready to scale a mountain, Right. I, uh, the closest I've been to something like that is Mount Rainier, but it was just in the lodge at the, you know, drive up. Oop. Let's see if I can get. All right, can you hear me now? Yeah. All right. So the lodge at Mount Rainier, it was really foggy. So I, I can't claim any kind of uh, climbing skills myself. But I don't know. Uh, base camp is this, is this moment before the real climbers, they, they plan it out. They, uh, they, they get all of their gear. Uh, they get all of their rest. Um, and they strategize and they, they look forward to uh, where they're headed. And there's this moment in base camp where they all take everything that they've got and they lay it out. And they've got all this gear. I got a lot of gear in here. This is a big bag, Drew. I fit a lot. It's heavy. And what if I told you you had to fit everything in this bag? What if I told you you had to take only the essentials that you're going to need for the journey ahead? That's, that's a challenge right there. I actually had to do this for a frontier flight the other day where I was, I, I had to get a quick flight, and uh, the, a carry-on's like $60, so I had to, to get the personal bag, a really small one, and fit everything I had, and that was, that was painful. And so, you know, when we are in base camp, we're, we're leaving out what we don't need. I don't need, you know, and, and you're making sure that you only take what is necessary for the journey. And I think we uh, definitely... Can, many of us can say we overload our, our lives with, with unnecessary things. And, and there's things that, that we know that we need, 
but we're, we're just so overloaded. And so I think there's this moment where we can pause, a um, moment like this at the beginning of the year, and, and say, for the journey that we have in walking with you, Jesus, what's, what's essential? For the journey that you have for us as a church, like, what have I just, like, thrown into the bag that I'm carrying around that is, is not of you and, and unnecessary and weighing me down? Um, and that's a moment that we want to take today. My heart for this passage um, is to continue the, the message that we had a few weeks ago uh, for Vision Sunday um, about the kingdom, about how we're citizens. If you are placing your faith in Jesus, we get to be citizens of his kingdom. And I think before we, we talk about uh, 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 our, our plans for the year and all that God has for us, I think my heart is today for us to just remember who we are, who Jesus says that we are, and for us to, to live out of that. Um, today's uh, message is really about just being with Jesus. Um, but to highlight kind of what, what Drew talked about, if you, if you missed it, the, the, the sermon was called Kingdom Come. And we see in God's word that, that Jesus comes onto the scene, and, and the language that he uses is uh, his kingdom. He says it over and over again. He talks about that his kingdom is coming, and, and as we look at uh, who he is, we learn that he is the king, um, and we talk about how we long for God's kingdom, for, for all that, that God has for us to be experienced here on earth, that he longs for uh, us to, rep- to, to recognize that we get to be citizens of his kingdom, that he rules and reigns in our hearts, and that we get to represent his kingdom, and that here in Philadelphia, his kingdom would be ne- made known, that Jesus prays for that, that, hi- that his kingdom would come. Um, and, and one thing that Drew stu- said that stood out to me was, if you are a follower of Jesus, let's begin to think of ourselves as citizens uh, of his kingdom. If you're a follower of Jesus... If we are citizens of the kingdom that don't have a relationship with the king, that doesn't make much sense. So we, we have this uh, kingdom that we get to be part of by placing our faith in Jesus. And I think today what I want us to just really sit on is that uh, Jesus wants to be close to us, that we get to be close to our king. Uh, and we're going to see that in the passage today. But first, I want to kind of show a video of, of who he is not. So... Enjoy the clip from Emperor's New Groove. Oh, cold, cold-hearted. Um, if you haven't seen the movie, not to spoil too much, but he doesn't end up destroying this guy's village. So no, no water slide uh, in the place of that guy's house. But it struck me as I'm thinking about um, <laughs> how, uh, how different King Jesus is in, in the way that God has uh, drawn near. I was, I was also thinking of this image where you've got this throne where he's just distant from anyone in his kingdom, from all the citizens. The guy comes in the door. It's this huge door. He has to walk this huge distance to get just even close to the king. Um, and then the king, all he cares, he doesn't care about the citizens. He's out for his own power, out for his own um, gain. We actually see this in scripture. Um, in 1 Samuel 8, uh, 10 through 18. So, so God's word um, and the way that God uh, began to um, be present in this world is through the children of Israel. Um, 
And there was a point where instead of following God, they, they actually wanted to have a king. They, they, they cried out so that they could have a king and a ruler over them. And so this is what um, one of God's uh, messengers tells, tells him um, is going to happen if they have a, a human earthly king. And so it says in verse 10, So Samuel told all the words of the Lord to the people who were asking for a king from him. Give us a king. He said, These will be the ways of the king who will reign over you. He will take your sons and appoint them to his chariots and to be his horsemen and run before his chariots and will appoint for himself commanders of thousands, make his implements of war uh, and commanders of fifties, and some to plow his ground and to reap his harvest and to make his uh, implements of war and the equipments of his chariots. He will take your daughters to be uh, perfumers and cooks and bakers. He will... Take the best of your fields and vineyards and olive orchards and give them to his servants. He will take the tenth of your grain and your vineyards and give it to the officers, to his servants. He will take your male servants and female servants and the best of your young men and your donkeys and put them to work. He will take the tenth of the flocks and you shall be his slaves. Whew. And in that day you will cry because your king, whom you've chosen for yourselves, but the Lord will not answer you in that day. Um, God was always meant to be their king. They wanted, they thought they wanted this ruler, and, and what they found and what we see throughout, um, throughout the Old Testament is there's these kings, they just take and, and they look out for themselves and, and they don't follow God and they don't like, uh, long for uh, the good of, of the people. And so as we contrast that to, to God being um, our King, to Jesus being the one that is sent. We just think about Christmas here recently that, that our King is near. That, that Jesus, we believe, is God's Son who has been sent into the world. That He entered our humanity. That He was perfectly God but fully human. He leaves His throne. He doesn't sit on it um, refusing to uh, be in our presence. He leaves his throne. He enters our world. Creator of the universe is among us, walks in our shoes, and he invites us to know him. The words that we're going to read today, the passage that we're in, is Jesus um, in his words when he was uh, here with us, inviting us to know him. In fact, he actually would then one day give his life for us, the king of the world, creator of the universe, walking amongst us, gives his life so that our sin and our brokenness can be forgiven, so that there can be restoration between us and God, that he can make a way for us to know him, to place our faith in him, for, for him to rule in our hearts. He doesn't rule with armies. He doesn't rule with a sword. He doesn't um, just seek to hoard power over us, but he actually longs for us to know him and to find joy in him to experience grace that we don't deserve, mercy, peace. Our king is, is so good, and, and I, I, we long for all people to know this king, Jesus. And, and it's time that we continue to just remember that if we've placed our faith in him, we get to be his citizens, and we get to be in his presence. He doesn't hide at all who he is. I see a, in that clip a guy who's hiding his motives, who doesn't want anyone to really be near him. I've just been so struck by 
um, Jesus being exactly the opposite. We place our faith in this king, our life, our loyalty. Um, so, so to get to our, our passage today, there are these statements that, that Jesus uses. Jesus is a master teacher, a rabbi, uh, and he, as he walks in, uh, walks in, in the earth, as he's I've got these followers who are uh, disciples. He gives a lot of analogies. He gives a lot of, of um, picture images to help us understand uh, what he's trying to communicate. And if we could just listen to these I am statements that he gives, he is saying, he's telling us exactly who he is. I am these things. They're examples that help us understand better who he is and how we relate to him. And so this is in the book of John. Um, and he says, I am the bread of life. That's in John 6, 35. He's saying, I, I sustain and, and I satisfy. Like you can um, be fully satisfied in me. He says in, in 8, 12, I am the light of the world. He shares that he defeats darkness, that he wants to shine uh, into the darkness of our hearts and, and allow us to, to come to uh, a relationship with him. I am the gate uh, 10.9 says, he's, he's letting us know, like, he is the way, he's salvation. I am the good shepherd, 10.11, that he's going to look after us, that he's one that we can follow, that if we want to know all about who God is and how we can know him, like, we look at the life of Jesus and that he is a shepherd that we can trust and follow. I am the resurrection and the life is 11.25. He's defeated death. That's what I was talking about a moment. He's, he's given his life, and, and he has defeated death in the grave and, and rose again, and, and is going to return. I am the way, the truth, and the life, 14.7. And today, what we're going to continue to look at is this seventh I am statement. I am the vine, the true vine, 15.1. Uh, and so he's illustrating, I, I don't think... There could be a better way to illustrate how closely when we place our faith in Jesus, he grafts himself to us, how closely he is the source of our life. It's a, it's a beautiful image. And so today we're going to continue to talk about be with the king. Um, in this statement, uh, Jesus makes a statement after uh, Jesus has been walking in his ministry with the disciples, and he's starting to let them know that he is going to give his life. And in chapter 14, he actually has just let them know that I am going away, that I'm giving my life, that one day I will return, um, but I, I am going to leave, and my presence is now going to be with you through my spirit, through the Holy Spirit. He's actually saying that's even better than me walking with you physically here in this moment. And so he says, I'm going to give you my spirit. And the disciples, I imagine, they've been pattering their whole life after their rabbi. They, they just long to follow him and be like him, and they, they know that he is um, the salvation. Um, and so they're distraught. Like, what does this mean? And so Jesus' words here that we're going to read today are his way of helping us understand that he is closer to us than we could ever imagine, um, that he is the source of life. Uh, when we abide with King Jesus, the first thing I want us to see out of John chapter 15 is we are in union with him. 
when we abide with King Jesus, we are in union with him. Uh, in verse 1, we see that it says, I am the true vine. Okay, so is there a false vine? What's, what's true vine mean? Uh, in ancient Israel, they would have known exactly what like, a vine was. Like this was all over the kingdom. We, we see a lot of discussion about wine and the vine throughout um, God's word. Uh, and it was something they were very familiar with. Um, it actually, in Isaiah 5, is a, uh, there was a, a way in which the Israelites were described as the vine, that uh, they saw themselves as the hope of the world, as um, the way to, to know God. Um, but we find that they, it describes in 5.4, they produced wild grapes. Essentially, they produced... Um, unrighteousness. Uh, they produced um, like violence. They produced, uh, they were corrupted. And, and it says that um, essentially what Jesus wants us to know is that he is the true vine. Like he is the one that um, is the source of life, not the, the children of, not the, the nation of Israel. It's Christ alone. Uh, it's not about your associ- association anymore with this this country and this nation, but what he's, he's wanting to know is like, it's me. Like, put your faith and your life in me. I am the one that um, is, is giving you this sustenance. And so we get this picture now of the vine, the vine dresser, and the branch. And so the vine is um, where the source of, of life is, the vine dresser is the one that receives like the glory of, of how this vine and the, the fruit of it turn out. And then you've got the branch who is completely dependent on the vine. Like if we were to, to cut off a branch from the vine, it's going to what? It's going to wither away. It's going to die. It's not going to have the source that it needs. So it's this image that apart from our life in Christ, we, we don't have life. We, we can't uh, be sustained. And um, we see that the branch is just, it's, it's nothing. And so there's this um, description here. I am the true vine. My father is the vine dresser. Every branch of me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does not, does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Um, so the vine, Jesus is our life. The vine dresser, we see that like the Trinity is involved in this process. The Trinity is uh, what we believe uh, God in three persons. We believe that God interacts with us in uh, his, his three persons, that he's, that he's one but made up of three. Uh, and, and we see that in God the Father, he's the vine dresser. He's the one that longs for, for us to have uh, fruit and receives the glory. He's the one that does the pruning. We see that the Holy Spirit is the one that produces in us these, this fruit that, we, um, that we, we find in our life in Jesus. And Jesus is the one that we uh, find our salvation in our life in. And so we see that the way Jesus describes this for us, if you find your life in me, if you've connected to the vine through, through faith in Jesus... Um, then you're going to bear fruit. Uh, and, and what this looks like is abiding. We actually see, if you were to highlight in, in chapter 15, all the times that the word abide, in Greek it says meno, 
Um, if you were to highlight how many times, it's 11 times all throughout the passage. So you, we just got to pause and be like, okay, what does it look like to, to be with Jesus? Like, yes, I've placed my faith in him, and, and I'm connected to him, and he's the source of my life. But what does it look like to abide? That's the question we should be asking. We see clearly that Christ is a shepherd, that he, um, there's this connection with him, that the rabbi and the disciple, like following Jesus' connection to Christ alone, um, they wanted to be like him. They wanted to, to devote their ways to Jesus. There's the vine and the branches. God, he, can, he uses these examples all throughout Scripture. The head and the body, right? The head without the body is, is, is the body with, like the, the members of the body would die without the head. The bride and the groom, the sheep and the shepherd. Um, so I just want to pause there and just let us remember this, that Christ is the center of all we do. There's no point there's never a point that we don't need Jesus any less. Like he is the one that we find all of our, our power from. Uh, we can't live on substitutes. All right, so how do we abide? That's the question all of us are like, okay, I get, I get that Jesus is a source of life. I'm ready to go. Uh, we've got the type A's in the room. They're just ready to like figure, uh, draw out a plan. Um, I, I pause this again here and say, note that abiding with Jesus is far like, less about what we can do and far more about what he's doing. I want us to remember that this morning, that it's far less about like, the things that we plan and strategize. Yes, there's this discipline and this participation and this abiding that we have in Jesus, but we've got to remember today that like, he is good, and he's the one that um, is our source of life. And I think too many times we get too focused on, uh, like, what we're doing or what we're not doing. Um, and so, but first, the, the next thing I would say is when we abide with King Jesus, we are in communion with him. Verse 7 and 9, we see, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I, I have loved you. And so, as the disciples are, are asking this as well, how do we be with Jesus if he's no longer here? Like, I wish, I long that I could just sit in a chair across from, from Jesus and, and talk with him and just follow with him, but we know that he's not physically present. But if we, if we, um, believe what we're reading here, that Jesus is, is the source of our life through the Holy Spirit. He's with us every moment. In John 14, 26, it says, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all I have said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. So again, I think that's why chapter 14 brings the Holy Spirit into the conversation before we jump into the conversation about the vine. It's, he's the, the one that, that allows us to be with Jesus, that um, supernaturally allows us to, to hear and know deeper who he is. Um, and one of the primary ways the Holy Spirit um, draws us closer to Jesus is through the word. Again, he's, Jesus says over and over again, if you know my words, like listen to my words, um, and, and as disciples, as followers, as citizens of his kingdom, we've got to continue to, to long to know his word. That's why we proclaim it from this um, moment every Sunday. 
And, and that's why we long to proclaim it together. Um, Jesus uh, longs for us to abide in his words. John 8, 31 through 32 says, So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, If you abide in my word, you are my true disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Hebrews 4, 12. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Man, I long uh, that we this year continue to grow in knowing Jesus through his word. That's our hearts for you as pastors. We, we uh, want to continue to grow in that together, that um, that he continues to speak to us and shape us through his teachings. If, if you're looking for a place to start, if you've never read God's word, I recommend the Gospels. There's these four books in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and it is God's, um, uh, God's what he's given us of, of the life of Jesus. And so we can read the words of Jesus and we can see exactly what he said and who he was and, and learn from that, and it shapes us. So I, I recommend starting there. God's word is an essential piece. Prayer um, is, is another thing that we see here. We see as, uh, in verse 8 or 7, if you abide in me and my words in you, ask whatever you wish. Like he's inviting us to, to speak with him always. And so as, as God's words are in us, as we continue to, to learn more about who he is and the Spirit's uh, moving us, us, we can also speak with with God, we respond to God's word in prayer. Uh, Jesus demonstrated a life that was in constant communication with his Father, with God. He would pause and pray. And if Jesus did that, obviously that's something he calls us to, to and invites us to continue to do. Uh, as we saw, like in mar- uh, monarchies, like it was a privilege to speak with the king. Like you, you would have to like, you know, really get past the guards and have approvals and and what's so amazing about, about God's love for us is that he gives us access to him through salvation, through what Jesus has done. When we place our faith in him, we have just 24-7 prayer, communication with God. We can share anything and everything with him. It says, pray, Jesus actually tells us, pray without ceasing. Um, Charles Spurgeon says, prayer comes spontaneously from those who abide in Jesus. Prayer is a natural outgushing of a soul in communion with Jesus. Relationships, as we know, take a lot of work. They grow with communication. I, I'm, me and my wife, we are constantly learning how to communicate together. And in the same way, God, we abide with him through, uh, through engaging with his word, through talking with him in prayer. Uh, but it's su- such a beautiful way in which the Holy Spirit allows us uh, to know our King. Um, and so we kind of see that cycle here uh, in verse 7. It, it, my words abide in you. Ask whatever you wish, and it will be given for you. And you're like, okay, ask whatever. Uh, it will be given to you. It, what we see is God answers prayers, and he hears us, and he responds. And so there's this, this cycle and this engagement. And what, I, what I'm reading there is like as we are shaped and we're close to Jesus, and we're in his word, and we're uh, being moved by the Holy Spirit, we begin to pray in a way that uh, is uh, in line with who he is, and he begins to, to answer and respond and move. I hope that we can be confident about that. 
Another way I would say is, is silence and solitude. Like we see Jesus just pause on the journey to hear from God, to tune out the noise. He long, in Scripture, he says, be still and know that I am God. Are we listening to his words and all the ways that he wants to speak to us? Uh, it's not about trying harder, having the perfect plan in any of these things, but we are like able to engage with our king. The, the passage that has been so helpful for me lately, God's been putting on my heart, is Psalm 1. Psalm 1 gives this beautiful image of a tree. It says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law does he meditate day and night. And this picture for me is just something we long for as we all grow in our walks with Jesus. I think I have one up here of a tree. It's that idea that the tree is rooted exactly where it needs to, like the source of water. It has everything it needs to grow and to produce fruit. In the same way, Jesus, using the illustration of the vine, saying, graft yourself to me, find your life in me, and I'm going to produce and move and give you everything that you need. And I think sometimes we don't pause long enough, be silent long enough to consider, like, what am I really rooted in right now? Like, where is my sustenance, like, sustenance, that's a hard word, coming from? Like, where am I drawing and consuming um, for my life? And it's something we should pause often and, and consider, because Jesus longs to give us everything um, possible in him. And I just think some of us haven't looked up long enough from our phones. Like, I'm, I, like it's a struggle for me. Like, we jump from screen to screen. We wake up in the morning to our alarm on our phone and begin engaging with all of this content and distraction. And I think we've got to remember that the enemy loves that. And he wants us to forget that your source is in me. I know I'm speaking some very basic things from God's word today, but we need to hear it. We need to be reminded he's our source. So I don't, I don't want to get caught up on giving you the perfect formula this morning. Like some do better listening to the word of God than reading. Some will read through the Bible in a year and some go at a much slower pace. Um, I'm really excited about my new, like, scripture journal that I have and the way it's helping me, like, hone in on what God's teaching me. But that's not for everyone, okay, right? Some, some have always have a specific set, detailed, structured time of prayer, and others, it's much more organic. Like, some memorize really easily God's word to their hearts, and others have to work really hard at it. Some love journaling, and some just two entries a year. <laughs> uh, I'm excited. There's a new, I want to, to say there's a new Bible Project app. Look up the Bible Project. It's a great, great way to engage in God's word. There's resources out there. We need 
to have grace, though, when we fail. <laughs> like, this is a good time of year to remember, like, where's our source? Are we, like, growing in, in loving and being with Jesus? And, and many of these are great ways to do that. But at the same time, uh, we need to remember that there's, like, pros and cons to the goals that we set at the beginning of the year, the, the resolutions. The pro is that there's something to work towards, and, and they're disciplines, and they prioritize the right things. The cons are uh, we're human, and we can fail, uh, and we can feel like a failure, and we can give up, and we throw out the goals altogether. And I, I just want to, to, like, encourage you guys this morning. Like, maybe it's not, like, like maybe we just put too much value in the goals and, and forget that, like, the whole purpose of it is to be with Jesus and to know him. And, and that should be what we're aiming for this year. But as we have those, may we encourage each other. And at our MC met this past week to encourage each other. Like, what, where are we, how are we knowing Jesus? And, and how can we continue to encourage each other in that? Um, and, and, and may we stop and consider this week. A good question is like, what am I consuming? And we're going to talk here in a second about the fruit. Like, what, the fruit that comes out of us is, is, is from what we're rooting ourselves in. Um, and so uh, the next four kind of points we have are around what happens when we abide with Jesus, when we spend time with him and when we engage with him and we do find him as our source of life. He promises some things. I hope these are encouragements to us. First one is when we abide with King Jesus, he looks, we look more like him. Um, I have in parentheses, he prunes us. <laughs> That's, Ouch! That's not exciting. When we think about the branch, uh, we see in verse 2, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Like, God works through, uh, like, pruning us, pierces us with the convicting words of his scripture. Like, there's things that he speaks to us that are tough for us to hear, but we need to. Like, that's growth. That's being with Jesus. That's hearing what he's uh, showing us. He removes some, some, like, precious things from our life that have become an idol. Like, he does that. He, he reveals those things to us. He might use the words of someone else this week to, to speak to us about our blind spots. And, and we, we don't love that in the moment. But can we remember, if we're with Jesus, he is continuing to, to, to prune us and to, um, to convict us and to cleanse us. He cuts away the dead spots of our life. Like, he is a master at this. Many of us pray for more fruit, but we don't like the pruning process. So I just want to encourage us, like, um, he doesn't give up on us like we give up on ourselves. I love this quote from Matt Carter. It says, God's commitment to your fruit bearing is greater than your commitment to comfort. The difficulty you are going through may be God's kindness. God is ruthlessly determined to shape you into something much better and more beautiful than you are right now. Man, I, I pray that we grow in, in recognizing um, the ways that God desires to shape us and that we respond with um, with obedience, it says in Hebrews 12, 1, it's, it's like a father that's loving his children. I'm going through this right now with, with my kids. Like, I can't just, like, let them continue um, to uh, do things that aren't going to 
uh, be healthy for them. So it says in Hebrews 12, 1, My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor be weary when reproved by him. For the Lord disciplines the one he loves and chastises every son whom he receives. It is for discipline that you have to endure. God is treating you as sons. For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant. But later, it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. And in Galatians 5.20, I've been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. This is Paul speaking. He's realizing, like, I, as I grow closer to Christ, like, like all, all of my desires are shaped by him. And I start to, like, to die to myself. The, now, the life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. So that's the first thing there we see. As we grow closer to Jesus, as we abide with our King, he is good to, to not leave us where we are and, and to shape us. He prunes us. Uh, the, the next point is we, when we abide with King Jesus, we bear fruit. That's the, the grapes of the vine. It's a beautiful thing. I think that's something. If, you, if you're a follower of Jesus, I think we all long to bear fruit in our life. Like that's, that's something we want to to do to glorify who he is and um it's in, we, we got to remember in this moment as we think about that it's impossible to bear fruit without being connected to the vine it's the holy spirit god produces in us what we can not um, it says in three through five already you are clean because of the word that i've spoken to you abide in me and i in you as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself Apple trees produce apple trees. Orange trees produce orange trees. Followers of Jesus produce the fruit of the Spirit. Um, and so can we remember that this year? I think we're all longing for that, but can we remember where the source of that comes from? That's the Spirit that does it through us, as through our time with Him and our abiding with Him. The, the fruit can look so many ways. The fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5, 22 through 23 uh, we start to have the character uh, of King Jesus, love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness. Um, the fruit could be people coming to know the King, that through our life, through our reflection of him, people come to know the King, that, that we start to, to see that he's giving us um, more holiness and obedience in our life. So uh, the fruit that God produces outlasts man-made efforts. So quit trying to do this on our own. Uh, and he gives us fruit that reproduces and remains. Uh, the next one would be, when we abide with King Jesus, we lovingly obey. Uh, please hear this. Citizens who abide with King Jesus do the work of the kingdom. Citizens who do abide with Jesus do the work of the kingdom. I think uh, we don't, we got to remember that like, I, I put this here in this message at this point because, and I think it's in this passage where it is, is because uh, we're so good at like activity and thinking that the things we do earn the love that we receive or the identity that we have. And I think especially in a young church like this where we've got um, a, a longing for people to know Jesus in this community and we're trying to engage and, and there's a lot of things that we're excited about ahead. Like we don't do the work that, is of the kingdom and proclaim Jesus because we're trying to earn anything or um, to have a lot of activity, but it's because we know Jesus. And it, out of that, like, we, we desire to be obedient. We desire to do the work of his kingdom. 
Um, I think we get it so backwards. It's like me coming up to Caleb and saying, hey, man, who are you? And, and we're talking and introducing. And I think the first question we always ask each other is, what do you do? <laughs> I think that reveals to us how we think. Like, what do you do, Caleb? And he's going to explain to me, you know, the awesome job that he has at the greenery and um, all of that. Um, but it would be awkward if I was like, hey, hey, Caleb. And he was like, instead, I said, who are you? I don't know if you would know how to respond. Who are you? Uh, well, I'm a child of the king. I'm a citizen of the kingdom. I follow Jesus. I'm incredibly blessed far more than I ever could be. We don't, we don't talk about our identity first. We typically talk about what we do, and, and our order gets out of, out of whack. And so um, I just want to encourage us today. I think this past year there could have been moments where we found ourselves not being with the king, not being obedient out of love for him, but maybe just finding ourselves jumping into activity and, and feeling weary and confused and trying to do like too much, trying to be part of the kingdom work without sitting with King Jesus. Notice what he says in 15 through 17. He says, no longer do I call you servants for the servants do not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. For all that I've heard from my father, I've made known to you. What he's saying here, friends there, is the word that uh, was used uh, to describe friends of the king, the inner circle of the king. And and while they would know um, all about the king, they would get to hear his words and be close to him. They were also ones that sat under his authority, and they would go and, and do and be part of all that the king commanded. And so in the same way, we get to be friends of the king. We get to be close to him. And he calls us to, to love others, which, he, which you see in 12 through 17. He calls us, if we're citizens of the kingdom, to talk about the king. But we get to do that because we get to sit with him. We get to be close to him. We get to find life with him. I think we struggle with evangelism at times, with, with proclaiming who King Jesus is, because uh, we're too worried about perfectly describing who he is. We're, we're too worried about our... Um, explanation. And I think if we would, would just continue to live out of, like, I get to be with King Jesus. I know him. I'm listening to his words. Like, just like we would describe anything we love, it starts to come out. It might not land for someone the first time, but, but man, if we could talk about Jesus because we love him, that's so powerful. It's genuine. It's like Anna, my wife, like, she, I don't have any problem getting her to talk about Disney World. <laughs> We're going next month. She's excited. She loves it. And so she talks about it. And I just long for us as we continue to represent the kingdom this year, may we do this out of how greatly we've been loved by Jesus, by our time with him. And out of that, like, he's going to use our words, and he's gonna, it's going to overflow out of our hearts. So in, in, at the same, in the same way, as we sit with King Jesus uh, we also want to proclaim him to one another. I'm excited about this, continuing to grow. It's, uh, Bonhoeffer says in one of his books, it says, but God has put this word into the mouth of men in order that it may be communicated to other men. When one person is struck by the word, he speaks it to others. God has willed that we should seek and find his living word in the witness of a brother, in the mouth of a man, Therefore, the Christian needs another Christian who speaks God's word to him. 
I'll skip down to the end. It says, he needs his brother solely because of Jesus Christ. The Christ in his own heart is weaker than the Christ in the word of his brother. His own heart is uncertain. His brother's is sure. There's been so many moments this year where a brother in this room has spoken um, Jesus to me, the truth of who he is, because they've sat with the king that week, and it just filled me and reminded me of who he is. And, and I, I just want to encourage that that's a fruit, um, a benefit when we abide with King Jesus. Um, because of time, I'll, I'll just say the last thing that we see here is when we abide with King Jesus, we find overflowing joy. That these, um, this, this time with our Lord, the fruit that he's producing, the, the way the Holy Spirit comforts us and guides us, there is immense joy that's found when we find ourselves in the right source. Um, when, when you are a follower of Jesus, there's a joy that, that we can only find in him. And, and I long that we are aware of that um, so tangibly this year. Um, and that we, uh, in the following weeks, we're going to talk about ways that we gather um, uh, on Sunday, the ways we gather in missional community, the way we gather in our, our smaller DNA groups. And, and, and today, just please just remember, as we go into those things, as we talk about all the, the, the goals that we have ahead, may we live that out of our walk with Jesus. Uh, it's kind of like, you know, as we've got our backpack set with, with the essentials, we're considering, man, what do I leave out? May we reflect on that this week. Like, what is it that's keeping us from that? Another thing that came to my mind, an illustration that's so helpful, is uh, as people climb a mountain, we know that when you get to the top of a mountain, there is uh, a lack of oxygen, and there is uh, heights that we, we, can't, we can't physically, like, handle on our own. And uh, there's this technique that climbers will tell you, you've got to do, or you are going to pass out, and you aren't going to have the energy, your body can't handle it. And it's called a rest step and pressure breathing. And so instead of just, just getting at it and, and just climbing as hard as you can and hope that you get to the top, you're going to fail. And the rest step is this idea, it's going to be a slower pace, and it's going to take more time and technique, but it's going to allow you to breathe and to reserve your energy and for your legs not to, to break from into you. And so they say that you, as you um, take each step, you stand up to give your, yourself rest. And as you're stepping, you breathe in, and you, this is going to sound great in the mic, you breathe out, you exhale, and, and you do that the whole way. And so you're, you're rest stepping. And you're going to find, as you look back, like, wow, I have been able to walk way further than I ever would have. And, like, I'm, I'm breathing oxygen, which is essential. And I think in the same way this year, I think I long for us to continue to experience, like, all that God has for us as followers of Jesus. But we've got to remember that it's at his pace and his work in our life that he is the oxygen that we breathe in. And sometimes we just want instant gratification and we want to rush things and we're out of rhythm. May we step forward with King Jesus, with being with him this year. Um, I'm going to ask that, that Drew come up. We're going to have a time uh, of communion. I'll go ahead and pray. And, um, 
we'll go ahead and transition here. Dear God, I, I thank you so much for your word this morning, that you uh, are near to us, that as we um, know that you, you call us to be part of your kingdom, that we get to represent you, may we not um, forget that we get to sit with you, that we get to be with you, and that is where we find our life, that you long to produce so much in us uh, that we cannot on our own. And I pray, Lord, that you would uh, help us this morning to, to be in step with you, uh, to not try to rush or, or, or pack too much into our life, but that we would consider where are we rooting ourselves and where um, are we like, finding our, um, our life. And so may you continue to guide us in that. We love you in your name. Amen.